morning everybody it's thursday the 28th of october and it's wild foods day and a big happy birthday to bill gates Catelyn jenner julia roberts and frank ocean Wednesday saw Chancellor Rishi Sunak set out his long-awaited and COVID-delayed budget in the Commons, and he was in a pretty positive mood, declaring that the UK economy had not been hit as hard by the pandemic as he expected. Today's budget does begin the work of preparing for a new economy post-COVID, an economy fit for a new age of optimism. After the prolonged row over universal credit and the post-pandemic reduction, he stepped back from tapering the payment, which could mean an extra £1,000 a year for low-income families. Nearly two million families will keep on average an extra £1,000 a year. We will introduce this within weeks and no later than December the 1st. He also stepped back from the foreign aid cuts, pledging to return to 0.7% of national aid income by 2024 or 2025. Our improving fiscal situation means we will meet our obligations to the world's poorest. Other key changes included a reduction in duty on short-haul flights but increases for long-haul, a cancelling of fuel duty as petrol prices rise, an increase in the national living wage to £9.50 an hour and spending increases of £150 billion across all government departments. He also announced sweeping changes to alcohol taxes. The shake-up of the duty system will see taxes slashed on bubbly and beers but will rise for stronger drinks such as red wine and spirits. Labour's budget response was slightly chaotic as Keir Starmer tested positive for Covid and had to watch the budget from home. Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves took to the podium and she was less than impressed by the way the Chancellor distributed the riches. At least the bankers on short-haul flights sipping champagne will be cheering this budget today. In the long story of this Parliament, never has a Chancellor asked the British people to pay so much for so little. But not to be left out, Keir Starmer hopped on FaceTime to send his own budget message and to lavish praise on his backup team. He also was not impressed by the Rishi shuffle. Wasn't Rachel Reeves in the budget response just brilliant to absolutely call out the government to hammer the Chancellor on his smoke and mirror budget, which does nothing for working people and nothing about the cost of living crisis? With Keir Starmer isolating at home, Ed Miliband stepped up for Labour at Prime Minister's Question Time. I, I just want to reassure both sides of the House, it's one time only that I'm back. <laughs> Ed had one thing on his mind, the COP26 summit, and what exactly is going on with the many contradictory positions that the government seems to have on climate change. They're telling others to power past coal while flirting with a new coal mine. And they're saying we've got to move beyond fossil fuels and opening the new Cambo oil field. Isn't the truth, Mr Speaker, that the Prime Minister has undermined his own COP presidency by saying one thing and doing another? Boris, however, as always, was not backing down. Since 1990, we've cut CO2 by 44% uh, and, and the economy's grown by 78%. And that's our approach, Mr Speaker, a sensible, pragmatic, conservative approach that cuts CO2, that tackles climate change and that delivers high-wage, high-skilled jobs across this country. An Australian footballer made history on Wednesday. Josh Cavallo, who plays for Adelaide United, came out, the first and only publicly out gay male professional footballer in a top-flight league. 
It's a huge step for a sport that's not been welcoming. In fact, only last month, Rio Ferdinand testified to a Commons committee that he was aware of a footballer who was advised against coming out because of the possible effects on his mental health. Josh's team, Adelaide United, posted his video message. I'm a footballer and I'm gay. Growing up, I always felt the need to hide myself, you know, because I was ashamed. And ashamed I'll never be able to do what I love and be gay. You know, hiding who I truly am to pursue a dream I always wished for as a kid. All I want to do is play football and be treated equally. Still to come on the Smart 7 Carabao Cup drama, and Paddy McGuinness explains how he accidentally ended up in comedy. Right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Smart 7. If you're enjoying it, you might also like the Smart 7 Island Edition. Just search and follow us on your favourite podcast platform. There were five games in last night's Carabao Cup as teams looked to grab a place in the quarter-final. The big shot was West Ham beating cup holders Man City 5-3 on penalties after a scoreless draw in normal time. It's the first time City have been knocked out of the cup in five years. Leicester also went to penalties against Brighton but won 4-2, Liverpool beat Preston North End 2-0 and Brentford knocked out Stoke 2-1. And Spurs, who travelled to Burnley, came away 1-0 winners to the delight of manager Nuno Espirito Santos. It's a tough, tough uh, team to play against, Burnley's a good team um, and the boys did well. They worked hard, they were organised and they played good football. In the first half we could have finished better the actions but we had clear chance in the second half to, to make a different score uh, but congratulate the players because they did very well. Paddy Miggin has popped up on the This Morning sofa on Wednesday talking about how he found his way into comedy. It turns out it was sort of accidental. He went to school with Peter Kay, luckily for him, and then the rest, as they say, is history. I just happened to be skipping another class with some friends and uh, I saw Peter, he was uh, back in the day then, like camcorder, everyone's got you know videos on the phone, but he had a big camcorder. He was doing a course at the college and I was like, oh, right, I've not seen you for ages and we got chatting again. And I said, what are you up to? And he said, oh, I'm doing a, a bit of comedy. And he said, I'll do a few gigs. And I said, oh, I'll come with you one night. And that's how it came about. There's a brand new movie dropping on Netflix in December and bizarrely, it's based on an ITV drama series. It's called Unforgivable and stars Sandra Bullock, but it's based on an ITV drama from 2009 which starred Saran Jones called Unforgiven, which was written by Happy Valley screenwriter Sally Wainwright. In it, Sandra plays a woman trying to rebuild her life after being in prison for committing a violent crime. I'm looking for Katie. She's my little sister. I raised her. John? There's a woman in the front yard. Can I help you with something? You're a lawyer. What would Catherine gain by meeting her now? I wonder all the time what she looks like, what she became. Your life starts here now, not 20 years ago. This has been The Smart 7. Wherever you're listening, 
do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Have a great day. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris.